Hello, and welcome to Marriage Unchained, the art of one flesh, where saving marriages, saving families, and saving souls is the flavor of the day. Now, let's join our host and author of Marriage Unchained, Catholic Alpha Radical, Jerry Jacobs Jr. Hello, and welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical Live, the podcast that helps you fix your Catholic marriage while also giving you winning tactics for marriage problems, girlfriend problems, and intimacy problems for men. But moreover, well, my main mission is to keep you out of divorce court. And where Marriage Unchained, the art of one flesh divorce combat coaching is the flavor of the day, while also helping men understand marriage and courting, not dating in the Catholic faith. Why? Because dating is for sex and courting is for marriage. In this 154th episode, the Holy Lover series continues with how to save my Catholic marriage when my wife has just plain given up. Today, we uncover gift number 26, understanding the six phases leading up to your wife's sexual fulfillment. Plus, live calls from you answering your marriage in crisis questions. So get in that cue, callinstudio.com slash radical one for some resolution to your marriage confusion. All right, and so we now have our quote of the day, as we always do. Quote, Our Lord said that zealous love had two characteristics. First, it is giving, and second, it recognizes no limits. It is forgiving because it knows that God's forgiveness of me is conditioned upon my forgiveness of others. Love never wears magnifying glasses in looking on the faults of others. Married life requires this zeal in the shape of forbearance, which is not a gritting of teeth in the face of annoyance, nor the cultivation of indifference. It is rather a positive and constructive action, putting love where it is not found. One feels under an obligation more exquisite and divine than a marriage contract. End quote. Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen, book three to get married. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me to help you in yours. Get live Catholic marriage help Tuesday through Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern for some resolution to your marriage confusion. All right. So I hope you, everybody had a good weekend. Um, and so we have our first caller up this morning trying to really wake me up quick. So let's see what we have here. Let's see. Talk. Hello. Hello. Hey, how you doing? Just fine. I can't mention my name for legal reasons, but I want to share something with you. If I may, with your uh, okay. listeners. Mm hmm. How do you feel about um, 
investing yourself so deeply into the Lord and the Catholic teaching that the Lord reveals to you how to beat a judge in court to the point where you force him into submission to put a party back together. I feel that's a good thing, but what do you, what do you think? Well, the courts are given the initiative that Ronald Reagan instituted divorces a no fault in 1970, passed on to Massachusetts and New York. By 1973, Massachusetts made it unconstitutional for a couple to seek lawful initiatives to uh, contest the marriage because they're such a liberal state. So you get three liberal states promoting that, and it's run so rampant now, the judges are not fully aware of the esoteric values that I've already mentioned in a particular statute that says if one of the parties denies the marriage is irretrievably broken, the judge shall investigate all reasons why the petition was filed in the first place. If the judge fails to do that, then she, she or he creates a problem in the court, and here's where the problem is. By being married in the Catholic Church, anybody that files for divorce has now put themselves in disparagement with the Catholic faith. And by a judge accepting a case, that particular law I just read to you allows the judge to correct the wrongdoing because I was just sanctioned not to make any disparaging comments about my wife or the attorney. Because all I've been doing is filing motions to alert the judge to why the divorce pleading is invalid and we need counseling. She can't have it both ways as the judge. She can't say my wife can file for a um, divorce, which in itself is disparaging because God hates how people fight and he hates divorce. So the sheer fact that she's filing it, if she did it unknowingly, it's one thing. But to disparage the Catholic faith, the family name, and everything else, that was the first attack upon that. And there's a law that's written to protect the family from that, and that's the revised statute I already mentioned. Wow. The judge is going to be forced into the fact that either she has to make it about the Catholic faith and put me back into mediation with the Catholic retired judge because— the sheer filing of emotion is disparaging anyways, because it may be the truth, but if you're talking about something about somebody's character, you're disparaging their character, even if it's the truth. You're not, you're not specifically um, def defaming their character, but you're disparaging their character. Even if it's true, by the sheer fact that a divorce decree is filed, that's a disparagement of your husband or wife's character. Does that make sense? Yes. From the, from the Catholic faith. So all the judge has to do is apply the law, which they haven't done since it was filed almost two years ago. Because they're lazy. So, so they have to learn it. And I can make it a win-win for the judge, for the attorney, for the mediator, for my wife and myself, because I'm using the Bible to my advantage. If the Catholic Church doesn't allow for the um, dissolution of a marriage, Last night at um, Adoration and Confession, the priest had me pray intercessions to St. Thomas More, and guess what he did? He says, you're not going to like the one I'm going to give you. Uh -huh. But he says, St. Thomas More was known for supporting public leaders to include attorneys. And St. Thomas More was uh, 
executed by King Henry VIII, which was what, about 200 years ago, a little over 200 years ago. So we're not talking about a saint that's, you know, we're talking medieval times or anything like that. We're talking a saint that's, you know, within the last 250 years within society, not just American society, but, you know, the world society. And what that does is now I can give the judge the power and the authority to boldly preach the Roman Catholic initiatives she received in four years of undergraduate studies at a Catholic college in our city. And the mediator graduated from a law school that's a Catholic college. So I get to use the Bible in the Catholic faith to stop and prohibit the divorce from going through. And so if you if do they that, don't act upon it. So if you go ahead, that, they don't act upon what now? If they don't act upon that in the lower court, it goes to the higher court. It will be kicked back to the lower court by the appellate court because of procedural misconduct. Mm-hmm. Because the judge cannot um, put an order in place that keeps me from filing a motion. The responsibility to the courts is any lawyer that violates a professional code of ethics has to be made aware of that. And it's self-reporting. Since I pulled the lawyer aside, he may be unaware that he had to turn himself in. So it's much like golf. If somebody else says, hey, I just saw you knock the ball. That's a stroke penalty. Uh-huh. A professional has to take that. An amateur doesn't. And that's where the difference is. And what I'm sharing is when I pulled the attorney aside last year, I told him that he had violated the first disciplinary rule within the professional code of ethics once you have a license. He's supposed to self-report. The sheer fact that he didn't, he may have not known that, but the judge has the fiduciary duty to turn any lawyer or any judge in for that. If they don't do that, they create chaos in the courtroom. So the sheer fact that I asked for counseling way back in February of last year, yep. any motions after that are disparaging nature, period. Because I did a motion that basically complimented my wife and talked about all the appealing things about her and why we need counseling. So let me say so this. You just if, have to. So if you, if this, if you get the judge to, um, like say, give you like deny the divorce, then that means that everybody in every state for the most part, including yours can like use your as a, um, what is it called? Um, a previous condition? No, it's not called previous condition. A case study. Yes, thank you. This is a case study a, and a case as, study as a as a as a also a case to overturn. I mean, to fight other divorces and stuff, right? That to be correct. Um, yeah. The only problem is in the lower court. Typically, you don't use lower courts case studies. You want to go to the appellate court because the appellate court and the Supreme Court of each individual state either concurs with what this lower court did or they rule against it. So like in my daughter's case, appointing an guardian item for my daughter, I can't sue him for legal malpractice. I cited a appellate court case in Indiana that said Moore versus Anderson and the father was suing the um, guardian item who happened to be a lawyer for legal malpractice, which you can't do because a guardian item has what's called quasi immunity. They can't be sued because they're representing the child. And what it was is the father got embarrassed because the guardian at Leiden said he has a tendency to cry in court. I've cried in court. <laughs> it's a human emotion. Yeah. But the, the point I'm trying to make is 
when I presented it to the magistrate over in Indiana, what ended up happening, I said, I'm using the case Moore versus Anderson. I can't sue him for legal malpractice. However, I can sue him for gross negligence. Mm-hmm. He actually put in a motion to withdraw from the case when he was asked to be reassigned back to the case. And it's because he's in the middle of a lawsuit. So I've boxed him into an area that he's not only still got a pending lawsuit against himself, he can't work on the case. Gotcha. So I've locked an attorney out from doing a job that he was assigned to, and I did it legally and ethically. I just brought his own suit against himself. Right. So in essence, what I'm saying is, if you go back to what you're teaching today about you know, the six ways or six levels to satisfy your wife in bed, I'm going to openly, honestly admit um, this, Jerry. When I tried to go to the second level of lovemaking, it scared my wife so bad. We had two deputy sheriffs berating me on the side of the road several hours later. Mm-hmm. And the reason being is my wife had never experienced that kind of lovemaking because my wife and I have never had sex because we practice celibacy. So I'm going to be able to do some what's called an esoteric value, which is privileged to only people like, say, you and I, for example, because we're devout Catholics and we're studying this. The two judges both have Catholic educations, so that means it's a small group of people that probably know Catholics are not allowed to get divorces. So when I was in confession last night, there was a lady next to me, and I just looked, and I saw a ring on her finger, and I said, how long have you been married? She says, well, technically 10 years, but it just got remarried in the uh, Catholic Church uh, three months ago. I said, what do you mean? She goes, well, I got a divorce, and I got married to my new husband civilly, and then I applied for an annulment, and it took 10 years to get the annulment. So she circumvented the Catholic system against her ex-husband. What she should have done is what you teach, is separate from her husband and reconcile the marriage. And that's where the problem with society is. And I'm sure the wife, that woman wasn't feeling good by the time she was going in to see the priest for confession. All right, right, man. Good job. I'm about to let you go. But um, I completely understand and keep up the fight, baby. All right. Thank you. Uh Bye. All right. All right. So we are here today. So let's get our uh, thing going. And um, that's weird when you have a caller, uh, a, fir- a caller when you first start the show. But that's how it is sometimes. But thank you guys for sticking around. And I hope you learned something. The reason I allowed that to go on is because we all should be educated on the proceedings in the court. Because there is a 60% chance that all of us that are married will be there one day. So it's good, even though sometimes it's a little tech, tech, techno babble, I guess is what you could say. <laughs> but if you focus and listen, you can, you know, that'll give you an idea of the things that you might have to go through later on. So um, I'm always, when people have information, I always try to put it out there. Uh, especially if it's going to help others to to further on keep their marriage together. And this is what you hear me talk about all the time is you got to fight the battle when your wife wants a divorce or is asked for a divorce, is acting funny and all that kind of crazy stuff. You've got to fight. You've got to fight 
uh, you got a fighter on three three levels. The first level is prayer, suffering, and sacrifice, spiritual warfare. You've got to get in a spiritual warfare because your wife has been hijacked by Satan. And if you think as a man that you can solve this all by yourself, then you got another thing coming. You can't do it without God. Okay. Number two is you fight it. You fight it by learning techniques and strategies on how to communicate with your wife better, how to be a better man, how to be the man God wants you to be, how to lead your family, um, how to be a better lover, how to be intimacy and know what intimacy is. Um, and these things like that. Then the third way you fight is you fight as he's talking about. You fight in the system. You got to go in the court and you got to fight. The reason why you fight, you have to fight in the courtroom because if you don't, you're going to get taken advantage of. So you don't go out and hire some crazy lawyer that doesn't want to try to keep the marriage together. You've got to hire a lawyer that is willing to help you fight to save your marriage. There are many of those out there um, because a lot of a lot of lawyers in the States now, it's all cookie cutter. So you go through divorce, it's just a matter of time. And, and right now, what the guy that was just talking is trying to do is not make it just a matter of time that you're going to get a divorce. He's trying to make it where it is no longer will you go in court and they, they, they just try to run you through the system. You know, um, they're going to, he's trying to get it where that the person that wants to save the marriage has a say now, whereas now and almost in every state, just in, I mean, every state is no fault divorce. So basically if you as a husband want to save your marriage because your wife is on menopause and she doesn't know what the heck she's doing, she's making all these dumb decisions then you can you can at least slow things down a lot more or you can bring up a previous case um, to, to state a previous case. Um, and then you can use that to to get the lawyer and the judges to kind of do their job, basically. And that's kind of what he's trying to do. And that's a that's a great fight. So there's three ways to this. You got to but you can't fight them all separately. You got to fight them together. And a lot of dudes think, well, I don't want to. When I go, like, I don't want to make it hard for my wife. I don't want to, you know, um, I just want to make it real amicably. And I just don't, I just, I just want to make it, you know, where we just, I just don't want to fight her. Well, then you don't fight her and you get punked. Don't fight her and you get punked. I can't tell you how many guys play that role and they get punked. But every now and then there's a guy that does it. So I'm just saying, but most of the time as a man, you've got to fight for your right as a husband, your right as a father. And you're right just to be heard, right? Okay. So with that being said, let's move on to today's stuff. Um, and our questions, our uh, questions to get us warm up the foundation. Looks like we're going to have to do two parts to this. We might not have to, but we'll see how it goes today. Thank you all for hanging out. And thank you also for the people who are going to listen to this um, on, on Blueberry and, and uh, iHeartRadio and Spotify and uh uh, heck, I don't know, Amazon, you know, all the people where my my podcast is, is sent at. Um, oh, thank you for listening to as well. I hardly ever thank you guys because I always do the show live and I thank the people that are here listening, but I never thank you guys. So I'm thanking you today. I remembered that. That's the Holy Spirit talking, right? Okay. So now, question of the day. Um, the Cactus Alpha's radical rant, how to save my marriage when my wife has given up. Understanding your wife's fulfillment as a woman and her sexual completeness. So today's gift is gift number 26. We've already done 25 gifts. Um, the reason that I took me some to come back to this because in the the holy lover, the uh, making love mastery category is very long and vast. 
So, you know, I didn't want to talk about sex for three months straight. <laughs> Although, you know, it's a great it's a great subject and it, it helps a lot of people. But, you know, I kind of want to break things up. So we have we're on a gift 26, which states a holy lover understands his wife's phases leading up to complete sexual fulfillment. And so it's a touchy subject. Right. First, I'm going to get all this stuff. What do you mean that? I'm I'm not fulfilled as a woman. What do you mean I'm sexually frustrated as a woman? What do you mean? I don't need no man. I don't need him. You don't, huh? Hmm. Well, as you're going to see, you do. All right. That's why God made it man and woman, woman and man. He made them. Okay. So um, that being said, it's a touchy subject because people get all crazy and get all weird when you start talking about the marital embrace. They do. Well, because we're all disordered, right? You know, uh, we, we're, we're bought to think, well, don't talk about sex because sex is dirty. Well, okay, so sex is one of the things that keeps a marriage together. So if we don't talk about it, how are you as a husband going to bring it to your advantage? How are you going to understand your wife's body, understand your wife's psyche, her emotional thing? Sex has a lot. Sex is a lot to do with all of that. I mean, one of the reasons God created um, marriage is for the unity of the spouses, sex, okay, for the spouses to come together and to bond together. The first reason God created marriage was what? For uh, procreation. We all know that one. Then the second reason that God created sex, which most people don't know, if you're, especially if you're not a Catholic, is God. the second reason God created marriage is for the education and um the formation and education of the children in the faith, knowing to know God, to know him, love him and serve him. And the third reason that many people don't realize that God created marriage is because of what? The unity of the spouses. This is why sex is important. Why? Because if you're not making love, especially if you haven't made love in 30 days or longer, what happens is the emotional connection starts to go in your marriage. You become roommates. And then even if you're in the menopausal area of your life of what uh, we'll say 50 or over, you go out in society and you don't portray a good, loving, happy marriage. Okay. It takes an emotional connection and emotional closeness and loving and, 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 and being intimate with each other and having great conversation with each other and, and going and, and spending time together in the marital embrace and outside the bedroom, as you're going to see, that helps people stay bonded together and connected together. And that emotional closeness helps them portray a, in society what a great marriage is, which when, they, when you portray what a great marriage is, then other people want to get married, not just live together and use each, each other up for 15 years. Okay. Um, and so I had a guy recently, you know, and I get these guys every now and then they, they schedule an appointment with me and they want me to help them to get with their, to, to their, what their girlfriend has left them. And they want me to help them get back together. And I, I told them I can't do that. And I, I, I explained to them, I say, look, man, I'm not going to, I can't help you get your girlfriend back. Why? Why? Because you're living with her and you're sleeping with her. And you've been together 15 years or 10 years or three years or whatever. And you are using that woman's body up. You have not manned up and asked her to marry you. That's the reason why she's gone. Ever since the fall, Eve, 
and women have been ordered towards marriage, which a lot of people don't know that, especially if you're not Catholic. As ever since the fall, Eve, people, women are ordered towards marriage. That's why women, they stay with you with a loser dude, not for long, but eventually they stay with him because they think, well, he's going to he's gonna man up. He's going to ask me to marry her, marry him. And we're going to live happily ever after. We're going to you know, have all these great children and we're going to have a great life. But what women fuse to re- what women fuse to understand is once you give your gift to a man, he goes he goes in chill mode. He goes right to chill mode almost immediately. Well, I had her. I'll just take my time now. Oh, we're gonna move in together? Huh? That's even better. I can get it whenever I want. Then I ain't got to I can just roll over in the bed. Once men do not do anything unless it's painful, men are, are extremely pleasurable. So if if as a woman, if you're giving your gift away to them to a dude and you're living with him too, of course he's gonna hang out with you for 20 years and not marry you. Why? There's no reason to get married. There's no reason. You want to get married, but you'll tell him, Oh, I want I don't want to get married, baby. I don't want to get married. But yes, you do, because you're if there's a drive and a pull from the natural law for you to be married. And so when you don't get it, then eventually you get smart and you go, Oh man, this dude, he's a loser. I'm not trying to hang with him for not another, not another second. Not another second am I gonna stay with him. And women get smart, you know. And so this is why it's important that we understand the damage we do to women when we make love to them or have sex with them outside of marriage, because that's not how it's the natural law. The natural things are set up How natural things are set up and we damage them. It's called trauma. It's called inhibitions. And as you're going to learn, women can't handle that kind of stuff. Women think, you know, especially these feminists, they think I can have it all. I can have sex. Ten, I can have 10 partners of month and sex. I can go to work and work 12 hours a day. Um, I can have all these kids. Uh, I can do whatever I want, and I'm just going to be so happy. Well, if everybody sees, ladies, it's not how it works out, is it? Doesn't quite work out that way, does it? And so this is why you have somebody like me who wants to really help you. And the way I help you is I help your husband understand how to better love you so that you can be a more fulfilled, happy, loving, sacred self woman and be the woman that God has created you to be. Okay. So this is a very uncomfortable subject. And as always, when I talk about the marital embrace, I try my best to do it as, you know, as low key as I can. Sometimes you got to say certain things, but for the most part, we're going to try to keep it, you know, talking to it in a way that's loving and caring and, and, um, and God like and respectful. Okay. So, um, bear with me because sometimes you just got to say certain things. Okay. Even St. Thomas Aquinas and Alfonso Gori had to say certain things when they were trying to figure out this sex thing. <laughs> okay. So sometimes you just got to say it. All right. So bear with me. All right. Um, another thing, um, when I say sexual peak, that's what an orgasm is. So I know when you start saying orgasm too many times, people get all weird. So when you hear me say sexual peak, that means a, a woman's orgasm. Okay. Just so we're clear on that. Okay. Um, so let's get going. So first question is how does your wife's fulfillment sexually relate to her fulfillment as a woman? Now I must get you guys to understand this, that 
your wife being sexually fulfilled and your wife being fulfilled as a woman go almost completely one in one together. Okay. And the reason why is because women, they, they, they're, they sign up for the love of their husband when they get married. Most people think, well, women sign up to have all these kids. They sign up to do, I don't know, all this other stuff. And sure, women want to have kids. And of course they do. Most of them when they get married, but most women, they sign up for what? To, to be loved and to love in return um, by their husband, who is their number one. And when they don't get that, then this is when you have problems. Or when a man is inadequate in the bedroom, um, then it gets then things can get real tricky and shaky. Okay, so the love of a, of a wife's husband is top priority, and why she signed up for marriage to have a complete and total love for life. So women, they're like you. As a husband, you sign up because you want that special person that's going to go through eternity with you, that's going to go to the end of your life with. Women sign up for it too. It's just that it's, but it, it's just more, of course, men and women are different, but that's basically the gist of it. Um, and we all know that. We all know we get married, well, because we're, you know, we're driven to be married. Um, but moreover, we, we sign up to be married because that person that we're with is going to be special and they're going to be, we're going to be special to them. Okay. Next, next, um, the way her husband loves her directly relates to her fulfillment as a woman and fulfillment sexually. Okay. Why? Because women are emotional, which is a perfection. Being a woman, being a feminine woman is a perfection. Just like being a masculine man is a perfection in the eyes of God. Man and woman, he created them, right? And so when you put that together, you have a perfect person. That's why men are different. Women are different. That's why you have a penis, and that's why you have a vagina. So when those two meet, then it's a natural thing to create babies, to uh, to to connect and bond with each other, to love each other, to build electricity and energy between each other, um, and to love one another. That's why it's important, okay? And so... For women, sex is way more important than men. You hear me always say it. And the reason why is because they are emotional and they're nurturers. And if they feel loved, then they feel they want to be with you forever. If they don't feel loved, then they feel they want to get rid of your butt. <laughs> okay? And that's how it works. All right? So next, um, also because of her emotional need to nurture her children and her husband. I just talked about that. Next, next question is, why is understanding your wife's inhibitions and trauma so important in your marriage? As trauma happens in a wife's life, she begins to feel unloved and incomplete. Healing can only be accomplished fully through God and her beloved husband. Examples of trauma are in a woman's life are having sex with any other man than her husband before, during, or after marriage. So, Engaging in sex with any other man besides her husband before, during, or after marriage. Uh, if a woman has an abortion or a miscarriage, if she is physically abused, such as rape or molestation, um, the deep loss of a parent or sibling or child, or once inside, another thing, once inside marriage and it begins to go bad because of the husband's, the husband's neglect or bad treatment and loss of emotional connection. So what people don't understand is when women have trauma, they don't get rid of it easy. 
And so, like, I have guys all the time say, man, she's trying to blame me for stuff that happened 20 years ago, and I thought that was over. It was over for you. It ain't over for her. Because your wife doesn't trust you. She doesn't feel you care. And and, and, and she she knows, she feels this by the way you treat her. So if you talk to her wrong, if you don't listen, if you don't, uh, if you're not intimate with her properly, if you don't make love to her outside the bedroom properly, if you don't make love to her inside the bedroom properly, if you don't uh, have conversations and bond with her properly, if you raise your voice or call her names or argue with her and stuff, dude, all of that stuff is actions. And so your actions are a lot stronger than your words. And most men are introverts when it comes to relationships, right? Everything in our head, we keep in our head. We don't tell our wife. And so our wife doesn't know how we feel about them. People just go, they'll get, they'll get up for work and they'll go and they'll kiss their wife and go, love you, babe, and walk out the door. You know, and then, okay, after about two weeks of that, it just seems numb, doesn't it? Does it seem like that person really loves me? So this is why actions are so important, like spending time with me, like listening to me, like properly um, uh, properly preparing me to make love to me. OK, um, and so that's what a trauma is for women. And once inside marriage at first it's well, and if you want a simple, 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 let's break it down simple. It's basically baggage. All the baggage that your wife had before she married you is dormant when you get married. Why? Well, because, well, he's the man of my dreams. He said he loves me. He's going to be with me forever. And, you know, our marriage is going to be great. But then when the marriage starts going bad through neglect, jobs, stress, money, children, and all that kind of stuff, then all of a sudden the true guy comes out. And so then your wife starts to starts to nag you and feel that you don't care trying to get the emotional connection to stay. Most men, we are void or ignorant to this kind of this kind of situation. And then the emotional closest and the marriage starts to leave. And then before you know it, your wife is messed with another man or your wife, you and your wife don't talk or she avoids you. You don't want to come home and all that kind of stuff. So that's why trauma and inhibitions is so important in marriage and that you as a man have to understand what you're dealing with. Okay, and that's one of the reasons why you hear me say, "Be careful when you marry a divorced woman," because it's a reason why God doesn't want us to to get divorced, because He knows that the baggage and the trauma and the and all the inhibitions and pain that a woman goes through in a divorce. It's a failed marriage. It's a failed relationship. She's she's not just going to get over that. And then, of course, I hear women all the time, "Oh, I'm healed. I'll heal." No, you ain't. You ain't going to heal. You just put it to the back. You put it in the back of your mind or you put it to the side. Because you ain't changed as a woman. You're still the same. Just like the guy, if you marry a guy who's divorced, it's the same. He ain't changed. He is, he's the same guy. So you get two people who are unchanged from their first marriage and come to marry, come together again. And they think that marriage is going to be great because, well, it's a different person. It's a new beginning and all that kind of mess. But it's really not because that couple, the couple that left their, that divorced their other, that divorced their other wife and husband, they have not changed. They're still the same. In essence, they're still the same. Okay. All right. And so this is why it's important when you, if you're going to marry a divorced person, which I'm very strongly against, um, I, you have to know what you're getting into and you have to know how to help that woman, you know, cure her pain. 
and cure the trauma that she's went through in her life of that failed marriage. And if you as a man don't know how to do that, she's going to be cool for she's going to be cool for a while, but she's going to start treating you just like she treated her other husband. If you don't maintain that euphoric feeling of the honeymoon thing. Okay. Next, what's the next question? Why are why are the six phases of fulfillment so important to a wife? Well, most women, especially these days, have much trauma, pain, and inhibitions, which I've talked about. They are filled with so much junk from their lives. This pain builds up and they become combative, frustrated, depressed, and unhappy. The anger and frustration most times is directed to their husband, and if it gets worse, even transferred to the children. See, this is another thing people don't think. People are so amazed when a wife kills her kids. Like that, what was that lady's name? She put the kids in the car, put herself in the car, or or maybe I forgot. I know it was two, but it was it was so long ago. I think, but I think she put the kids in the car and drove the kids off into the pond and the kids drowned. Another thing, if you can believe what I'm trying to say, a woman who aborts her baby, you know how deeply depressed and, and messed up in the head you got to be to kill your baby? But they do all the time, millions of them. They are all, all the time. So if a woman is not loved properly, and why do women, why do most women kill her baby? Well, because the man asked her to, or he leaves her, or he, he says he don't want her no more, or all that stuff. Or she goes, well, She'll go, well, he ain't the right kind of guy no more, so I, I don't want to have a baby with him, so I'll just kill the baby and get rid of the baby. Dude, it's, it's, it's not rocket science. It's really not. And so people don't like talking about that stuff, but it's the truth. It's the truth. Women, if a man, this is the power of a man that we so ignorant we don't understand. We think we can just go around and have sex with whoever we want to, and everybody's just going to be so happy. I could be as selfish as I want to, and everybody's going to be so happy. We've all done it. All men, most men in this country have done it, have had sex outside of marriage or had sex with women that we ain't married to. And, and if we think about it, it never really works out. It never really works out. That woman's hurt. We're confused. They're confused. Because when you start swapping spit, then you get bonded with that person and then all of a sudden emotions get in the way and we can't think logically. Okay. So this is why it's important that you guys understand that sex is way more important for women than men, not because it's more pleasurable or not more pleasurable. It's because of the effects on the woman than the man. Women are receivers, dude. So when they receive you, this is why you hear me talk about, you know, when, when, you know, you have to prepare your wife for your love, you have to prepare her for your love. And we'll go into that deeper, but when women are receivers, and so when they receive you, they're giving you their soul, they're giving you their heart, their mind and their body. And, and most guys don't understand, especially the young ones, the older ones understand them a lot more, but they don't care. We're selfish today, right? We're not even, God's nowhere in the country, hardly. And, and Satan has, been in so many parts of the world uh, to the country, it's hard for us to even find God sometimes in the society, I mean. You know, and so it's important that we understand as men, our power, like the influence that we have, you know. Um, so, 
the anger and frustration, when you hear me talk about sometimes when a woman gets sexually frustrated, she will be very unhappy. She will be very frustrated. She will be, uh, she'll be angry. She will be on the tip of like always on that edge of going off on you. How many women have you seen like that today? No matter what color they are either. Women are miserable today because they bought the feminist Kool-Aid. And men have bought the feminist thing too because we're so tired of listening to it. We just go, okay. All right, if that's what you want to do, whatever. And me, most men, we think feminists are crazy. And any woman who acts like that is crazy. We just, But we just put up with it. We don't say it out loud, but we just kind of put up with it because we don't want to what? We don't want to get into an argument. We don't want to get into a debate over it. But men know, just work for a woman. Just work for one. Every day, something new. You can't keep up with them. <laughs> you know, and I'm not trying to dog out women. I understand. But if you listen to what I'm saying is, you know what I'm saying is true, man. You know what I'm saying is true. So in order to fix the problem, you got to state the problem. And the problem, one of the biggest problems is demonic oppression in women that has caused feminism. And we've all dropped the Kool-Aid, especially women on this feminism thing. And women can't even run the house right no more. Name me one woman that's out working 8 to 12 hours a day. She's a President of the United States, she's a, a CEO, she works at a factory, she works at a post office. Just please name me any woman, any of them that run their house properly today. Ain't many. You know the ones who do for the most part? The stay-at-home mothers, right? The ones that homeschool their kids, right? Those women, the ones who love God and Christ and they understand their role and purpose, those women, they're so far and few between now, and they and those women get so berated and they don't even deserve it. They're the ones trying to do it right. They get berated. You know why? Because misery loves company. Satan wants the ones in the house out, out into the workforce, too. So you've got to understand how women are in their psyche, man, so that you as a husband cannot go through this mess. I went through it with my first wife and not much with my second wife, though. But I'm telling you that it's there. My wife was already one of them women. Like she was like not a. She hates the feminist thing. She's not trying to be part of it. She grew up in it, and she knows what the. She knows that the the evil of it. Okay, so she's the one who taught me about feminism because I didn't know nothing about it really. <laughs> so now, so the six phases of your wife's sexual fulfillment um, help her to reach her sacred self which is what? Which is the woman that God created her to be. Okay? See, man, this is how you, this is how cool you are as a dude if you just open your eyes and like embrace what I'm saying. Like, when you learn how to properly love your wife, she will lose all of this crap you hear me talking about for the last 10 minutes. And she will become the woman God created her to be. All of that messed up character stuff, all of that pain, all of that trauma, all that stuff that, that, that gets in you and her way to communicate with each other and to love each other. All that stuff gets pushed to the side, you know, and she becomes her sacred self, which is what we call in the Catholic faith, call a man or a woman who is journeying towards God and they are they have they are they are losing shedding all the world and shedding all the attachments to the world and to Satan and they're they're shedding that stuff and they're moving towards God. 
And that we call that the sacred self. And I probably didn't say that exactly right, but I'm sure a theologian could probably say it better. Um, but that's what you're trying to do. And most people in hell, they really don't, we're in hell, right? So we don't understand, we really don't understand, like when we're in hell, we don't really see that we're in hell. Like most women will tell you, I'm not miserable. They'll tell you. They, they don't because they don't think they are. They don't. And and most guys don't feel we're in hell either. They don't. We don't. We feel like, hey, that everything is fine. It's just bad luck. All these bad things are happening. <laughs> you know, and, and that's we, we, we're like roaches and rats, right? We learn to adapt to our misfortunes. We learn to adapt to society. We try to adapt with the world without God. And we try to adapt our lives to being without God. And we think that that is the way to go. But if you really open up your logic and your intellect as a husband, you will see that that stuff does not work. It really doesn't. Okay. So my job is to try to teach you how to understand your wife psychologically, emotionally, and spiritually, and, and understand about intimacy and how important intimacy is to her. And then teach you, um, especially in my program, I can't go a lot into a lot more here, but in, in my program, we go all deep into it because you have once as a husband, you understand your wife, then that lets you have more empathy for her and uh, to understand how she is and what hurts her, what doesn't hurt her and stuff. The reason guys are in marriage crisis, the reason your wife has asked for a divorce or anything like that, or the reason you haven't had sex in 30 days or longer is because you don't know how to bond, connect uh, communicate or whatever with your wife. She knows it. And she's tired of it and she don't want to put up with it no more because she's thinking I only got 50 years left and I don't want to spend the next 50 years with a guy that, don't, that doesn't understand me anymore. I'm done. I'm done. And as a man, you've got to start to understand that. Okay. Next. Um, so you're a woman, a wife's sacred self is basically being the woman that God created her to be. Okay, next, wife's passion and arousal must begin outside the bedroom for extended intimacy and fulfillment. Okay, you hear me talk about all the time uh, intimacy outside the bedroom. That's important. When I say prepare your wife for your love, you can't be sitting around and, and just, you know, when you see your wife, just go, hey, let's go, let's go have sex or whatever. A lot of women will say yes because they love you. But that is not if 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 you haven't prepared her for days outside the bedroom or even for a day for her her to her to be warm to you and to desire you and to want you. Sure, the young girls, the young girls, if you're married to them, that they don't take much. But see, every year, though, every year your wife is you are married every year becomes more and more and more difficult to ignite that fire inside of her. First of all, she's used to you now, but even more so, women get older. They they stop becoming as fertile. They um they you know they they buy into the Kool Aid that sex not that important, or they don't feel like having sex. Why? Because they're tired. They work eight hours a day. They um they have all these kids to take care of. They got to cook dinner and, and 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 do and wash clothes and all that stuff on top of going to work. So they just kind of start to go through life like you. And this is the problem. This is the problem. Okay. Next. Um, 
A wife's sexual fulfillment and fulfillment as a woman is very complicated. Many husbands realize that a woman's sexual desire rises slowly and falls slowly. So many guys, we've made love enough for our wife to know, right? Even if you're a premature ejaculator. You've made love to your wife to know that her body rises, her passion and desire um, and her willingness to her to accept you as her husband, that rises very slowly, right? It takes a long time for a wife to get up to her sexual peak and desire during a sex session. Most men know that, okay? But what many men don't realize is women fall very slowly. They fall very slowly. You know, so if you are a premature ejaculator and you're making yell for your wife and you guys are done in five minutes and your wife is at her height, she's like, oh, my God, she's disappointed. She's disappointed. Like he doesn't. And when a woman gets disappointed, they don't tell you for the most times unless what they get so frustrated, so sexually frustrated, so angry um, that they that they just got to tell you, you know, but that is rare. Most women, even though they are frustrated and upset, they'll keep to themselves because whether you want to believe it or not, most women are ladies when it comes to sex. They want to be treated like a lady. They really do. And so they don't want to say anything that will get you upset where you don't want to, you might leave or, or not want to make love to them or they don't, they feel like you're upset, right? Okay. So women fall slowly. And so if you're a premature ejaculator and you 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 uh you uh lose your you lose control in less than 20 minutes, let's say, less than 20 minutes, your wife is not even nearly warmed and ready for you. And so she's disappointed. Okay? So, but that is that. But many don't realize what else don't many realize is women they rise and fall slowly for the virtue of patience in their husbands. So the so women rise and fall slowly to get their husband to so their husband becomes a giver. He becomes a, a he comes he becomes sacrificial. A husband learns has to learn in order to fully please his wife. He has to learn to give of himself to deny his wants, his desires, and his needs in lieu of God and his beloved wife, who he says he loves more anything. Okay, so that's the virtue of patience, right? And perseverance when you make love to your wife. Okay, also, um, who gets used to sacrificing her desires for that of his wife? So, as a husband, again, we must get used to sacrificing our desires for that of our wife because, again, it's way more important for her and it takes longer for her than for us. Of course, 99% of the men in the world. We could be satisfied in 60 seconds, right? Right? Women ain't like that. Okay. Next, it takes your wife's body a minimum of 20 minutes to even be ready to completely receive her husband in the marital embrace. So it takes a minimum of 20 minutes for your wife's body to. And when I say 20 minutes, I mean, I don't mean foreplay for 20 minutes, I mean actual penetration for 20 minutes. Another guy, yeah, guys have this thing. Well, we, you know, I warmed her up. We foreplay. Man, foreplay is okay, but that's not, that's not actually you guys are consummated and actually in the act. Okay. So that's what I mean, 20 minutes like that. 
And so a woman needs at the minimum 20 minutes. And a lot of women are longer than that. Some women, if a woman has, um, if, if a woman, if a wife is frigid or believes she's frigid, it might take her an hour. This is why guys, you've got to understand this stuff. What I'm saying that women are, every woman is different, but they're the same. They're all different, but they're the same. It's the same. It's the same kind of mindset. So some women, you're right, and once once you get used to making love to them for longer periods of time, then that 20 minutes will start to become immediate, right? It will start to become immediate, but if you're a man and the longest you ever made love to your wife is an hour or 30 minutes or 15, or we'll, we won't even go to the hour. We'll just say the longest you ever made love to your wife is 20 minutes. You know, there's no way that your wife is fulfilled as a woman. She's not. She doesn't even know it, Okay. Next, for this reason, a husband must prepare himself for intimacy with his wife outside the bedroom with his diet and the removal of toxins in his body for a high sexual performance. So, again, you will hear me say how important you are as a man. Stop thinking you're some oaf on a TV screen that just bumbling through life. Your mission is more important than that. You have a wife who is in pain who has had trauma even before you even came along as her husband. And it's your job to get your wife to know that you love her above every and everything else on this planet, including your children. Because once you do that, your wife will take care of everything else. That's another thing guys don't realize. Well, I don't want to give up myself. I just want to have sex for five minutes and get over with. Or I want to go to the be out with my buddies. I want to go play golf. I want to go work on my job because that's what I love. But then you come home and your house is in chaos. The reason why is because your wife, you, it all starts with God and then your wife. If you get them together, man, your home will be something so special. It will be very special. It really will. This is the power of a man that you must understand as a man that I am the key to this whole thing. And the way I'm the key is I ignite the Holy I ignite the Holy Spirit. I get the Holy Spirit involved in my marriage. Then, then I get me and the Holy Spirit to focus on my wife and my marriage. And then once my wife knows I truly love her and care about her and will give my life for her, I'm actually willing to die for her, then she will take over. She will nurture the children. She will nurture you. She will make your home peaceful. She will uh, lead the kids to you instead of away from you. She will help you lead your kids to God, which is what you really want as a man. I don't care if you're an atheist. You just don't know it. And so this is how it works, gentlemen. Okay. Okay. Almost done for part one today. So much of mental illness today in women comes from a lack of fulfilling intimacy from their husbands, and also from their bad diet. People kill me all the time how they go, oh, my diet's good. Yeah, and all you're eating is carbohydrates every day. Or you're eating low diet, low fat stuff. Man, that stuff will kill you. That stuff will kill you. Why do you think skinny people die just like fat people die? Skinny people get sick too. Why? You would think if, if a person is 100, if a man is 160 pounds and a woman is 100 pounds, why do they die? It ain't bad luck. It's they, they don't like vegans. They're sickly. Just look at them. They think 
Well, I don't want to harm my an animal. Man, and then are you are you you ever seen a fat vegan? <laughs> that's really a, that's really something, isn't it? You see a fat vegan? That boy, 300 pounds, he's a vegan, or a, a 200 pounds, 250 pounds or something, he's a vegan. <laughs> you know why? Because if you ain't eating meat, you're eating carbohydrates and sugar. Because that's all the stores got for you. Okay? Even vegetables have carbohydrates in them. It ain't a lot, but it's in there. And so carbohydrates and sugars are toxic to your system. And then what do we do? We get sick, and then what do we do? We eat, we go to the doctor, and they dope us up, right? So now we got carbohydrates, sugar, and we got medication. So now that's our system is doubly getting traumatized. If you have mental illness, believe it or not, if you start fasting, it'll probably go away. Because Mental illness is a, your body is your mind is part of your body. And if it's if your mind and your body are filled with toxins, which we call toxicity, then and it's not getting released, it's got getting removed from the body fast enough. That toxicity builds up and it causes cancer, it causes lung disease, it causes uh mental illness. It's proven, man. Look, the doctors just want to give you some, just want to dope you up. Because you because most of us don't want to don't want to fast to keep our body healthy. We don't want to we don't want to drink purified water to keep our body happy or uh, healthy. We don't. We don't want to drink a, a, a two gallons of water a day. We don't want to do that, right? Of course we don't. So we get sick, and then what happens? And what happens? Then we need we we're, we're in pain, so we want to get that immediate relief of pain. So we go to our doctors, who are not trained today. And um, they're really trained for the most part to give you a medication. And it's really not the doctor's fault. Doctors are business people. So business people do what? We got to make money. So what do they do? They go to the drug companies. The drug companies got the pain to relieve your pain. And that's what they do. They subscribe to this thing, this medication. They give it to you. And then it stops with that immediate pain or whatever, after whatever. 30 minutes or a couple of weeks or something. You, you got to start understanding how this stuff works, okay? Next, fulfilling intimacy can even combat the mental effects of menopause in wives. Oh, of course. Remember I told you the older your wife gets, her hormones leave, and then she starts wanting to make love. It's, it's not on her mind, right? And the reason it's not on her mind because her hormones are gone. She's not fertile anymore. So as a man, so as a woman... Your wife, she starts to to um, make bad decisions in menopause. She's having all these hot flashes and getting really angry faster, and she's getting more frustrated and all these things. You know, all, all of us that are half wise in menopause, we know how it is. But guess what? If you learn how to properly make love to your wife, you will combat the effects of menopause. You will. You will. Of course, people are gonna tell me I'm full of crap. I don't care what they say. I'm just letting you know it's the truth. You know how? Because I've done it. <laughs> you know? So I just want you to know that your effect as a husband and the way you treat your wife, your you and your wife are two beings who are supposed to be together, that God put together. The problem is both of, us, both of us, you know, our wife and our husband, we're broken. You know, we're broken. And so what we have to do is we have to Always be curious about each other, to love each other, to learn how to love each other better. 
the stuff I'm telling you in the last, the stuff I've told, I got a caller. Hold on, caller. The stuff I've told you in the last 20 minutes is worth any amount of money. It's worth any amount of money that I just told you. There's not enough money in the world that could help me, that could help you save your marriage and be make your wife happy than what I just told you in the last 30 minutes. You know, and if you can understand that, adopt that mindset. And because most of no one teaches us about our wives. We are so clueless and it's not really our fault. Just nobody teaches us. Right. OK, so um, last thing, last question for the day. We're done. I'm going to take this collar and we'll be done as a husband. How important are you to your wife's completeness as a woman? And how can you fulfill her every need? So see how I'm saying, see how I'm bringing it around to you? Like, why are you so important and how can you fulfill your wife's every need and, 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 and make her fulfilled as a woman and sexually fulfilled and happy as a wife and a mother and all of that stuff? Okay, first, a husband, a husband must not be lazy and he must be curious about the moods, feelings, trauma, and fulfillment of his wife at all times. He must never, ever neglect his wife he must feel loved. She must feel loved and feel she is his top priority at all times, which is why I call women high maintenance. Um, he must realize that sex and intimacy is not about his fulfillment, but that of his beloved wife. Bam. There you go. Stop thinking sex is about you. It ain't. If you really love your wife, you'll stop putting yourself first in the bedroom and you'll start putting your wife first. And I don't mean just one sexual peak either. I mean, making sure that your wife is completely and totally loved for that sex session, no matter how long it takes. I don't care if it takes six hours. I don't care. Okay. Next. Um, in order, see, he must realize that sex, or oh, I said that, um, in order to remove his wife's sexual frustration and a feeling of, of, of incompleteness as a woman, he must place himself last in every facet of intimacy and the marital embrace and their marriage. Look, fellas. Your wife is not stupid. Women don't want to have sex with us because they ain't having a good time. Think about it. If you love golf and you go to the golf course every week and you stop having fun, are you going to want to go? It's our wife. Most women will have sex with their husbands even when they don't want to. That right there alone is a very honorable and admirable thing. Think about it. It deserves a lot of respect. But if you're a woman, wouldn't you just want to make love to your husband sometimes? Like sometimes I feel I want to love him and I just want to I want to give him my whole heart, mind, soul and body. I really want to have sex with my husband. Sometimes I want to enjoy that. This is the mindset you as a man got to look at it. Look at the marital embrace from your wife's point of view sometimes. Stop looking at sex from your point of view. And guess what? You'll please her a lot better. You will. Just that mindset alone. Okay, next. I'm almost done, caller. Next, he must understand his sacrifice through unselfishness, through prayer and penance and patience and knowledge of what his wife needs is paramount. If he, if he is to remove all inhibitions in her life and help her reach her sacred self, which will free her to be the wife he needs, spreading his love to his family and environment. Okay. 
you've got to understand as a husband, it's your job to sacrifice. It's your job to, to be like Christ. It's your job to not be selfish. It's your job to get in prayer. It's your job, your job, your job. See, here's the thing. We want a great marriage. We want a great sex life. We want great intimacy. We want to communicate better. We want to be a better man. But, huh, guess what? We don't want to work for it. Soon as somebody does make us do something we don't want to do, I don't want to do that. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm a t- I have guys come to me. All- I have guys come to me all the time. Hey, man, first thing I ask to do this. Hey, man, what's your commitment level for saving your marriage? One through ten. 10 being the best. Oh, I'm a 9 to 10, man. You are? Okay, well, man, you got to pray every day for the rest of your life. Oh, man, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't pray for my wife every day. Man, are you crazy? Yeah. See? Start put. All right, man, it's, it's, it's going to cost you some money. Cost me some money to save my marriage? Are you insane? I can't pay no more that kind of money for this. But you was a nine or ten second ago. Oh no, man, I, I was playing. <laughs> so uh, that is what I have. Uh, I'm sorry, caller. I, 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 you know, I was almost done with part one, and I would have took you. I guess I can try to call you back. Um, let me see. Nope, the caller left. So I'm sorry, caller. I tried my best. I was almost done when you hung up, but you know. I don't like stopping like right in the middle of something because like this is the end of part one. So I was going to take you. So if you want to call back, I'm going to take a quick break. And then if you call back, I will take your call. I will be happy to help you and answer any questions you want. Most time when a caller hangs up, they got to go to work or something. And I'm very sorry. Um, you can call back tomorrow. Okay. So with that being said, I hope you guys got some out of that. I will be right back. Get live Catholic marriage help Tuesday through Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern. Live streamed on YouTube, Rumble, Facebook, and CatholicAlpha.com. If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me personally for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. That's SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider marriage coaching and visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an improved marriage within 30 days. All right, all right. So we are done for today, and tomorrow we will pick up where we left off, and we will get to the six phases. We actually will. Um, but you know, I try to keep it around an hour. But when I get a caller, and then you know, it, it just you know, and, and listen, what are we in a rush for, right? I mean, what are we in a rush for? You know, let's 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 be patient. Let's learn. What we're supposed to learn. That's what's wrong with us today. 
we can't we can't stop and smell the roses, man. You know, you can't get the knowledge you need by trying to run around with our heads chopped off all the dang time. Well, he ain't saying nothing I want to hear. And, uh, but you only gave me 60 seconds. <laughs> you only gave me two minutes. I mean, this is a very deep subject, right? So with that being said, I promise we will. Well, I ain't going to promise, but we're going to pick up tomorrow. I promise we'll pick up tomorrow and we'll get to the phases and start talking about that. But as usual, part one, we try to lay the foundation and get you guys to understand what you're going to learn and how to get you to really. And this subject is, like I said, it's very touchy. So you got to be careful. It takes a lot, a little longer to talk for me to talk because I got to put words a certain way and all that kind of stuff. Um, again, I had a caller. I wish they would call back, but they can maybe they'll call tomorrow. Um, you can be like the guy that called earlier. You can be the first one to call. Like as soon as the show comes on, you'd guarantee to get on right then. <laughs> but I'm glad I have callers. That's, that just means that, that we're there were be there we're successful and we're doing good and we're we're helping people. So with that being said, we will end with um, a quote from Pope Benedict the Sixteenth, as we always do, which states: "Society offers you comfort." But you weren't made for comfort. You were made for greatness. Now go forth, Christian soldier. The spiritual fight is upon you. Fast, pray, and prepare for battle. Thank you for listening in today. If what you heard helped you in any way and you would like more personal attention, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior marriage coaching. And remember to join the Catholic Alpha Radical Live podcast as a caller or listener every Tuesday through Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern. To join as a caller, dial area code 313 Radical. To join as a listener or view the live stream, visit the Catholic Alpha Radical Live Facebook page or visit CatholicAlpha.com for Catholic marriage help that actually works. Bang!